Welcome to Blackhawks Insider, the official podcast of the Chicago Blackhawks, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. I'm Carter Baum, and coming up on today's episode, Blackhawks General Manager Kyle Davidson joins me from Anaheim to break down the Blackhawks' trade deadline moves, his appointment to the full-time role, our first conversation with him since he was named officially the 10th general manager in team history. All that and much more coming up right now on Blackhawks Insider, presented by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers. It's all about the drive. Hey, Blackhawk fans, your local Chevy dealers have an opportunity for you to score big. ChevyDriveChicago.com is giving you a chance to win an autographed Patrick Kane Chicago Blackhawks jersey. That's right, an 88 jersey signed by 88 himself. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and enter to win right now. You can't win if you don't enter. Offer ends February 28th. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. Drive a Chevy at ChevyDriveChicago.com. Welcome to Blackhawks Insider. Carter Baum joined this week by General Manager Kyle Davidson. Uh, Kyle, first off, congratulations. It's been a couple months since we talked to you and you took over the interim GM role. Now the full-time general manager. Uh, congratulations. And what have the last uh, few weeks been like for you? I'm sure they've been quite hectic with everything going on. Yeah, no, thanks. Um, appreciate you having me back on. It, it has been pretty pretty busy. It's just a busy time of the calendar for, for NHL teams. So it was uh, definitely an exciting time when I got the got named general manager and then that was a, a really a really fun week with with family and sharing that with them and then it was down to work getting ready for the the trade deadline and and so it's been it's been busy but it's been uh it's been good been good how has it like sunk in I mean I know you you've been doing the job for several months but it's almost like you were just so busy in the last couple of weeks you haven't had a chance to really breathe I'm sure but have you had a chance to kind of just digest everything kind of now that we're sitting here literally 24 hours past the trade deadline or things starting to to calm down for you just a little bit and be able to maybe take a breath and start to look big picture? Yeah, I, th- I, I think that'll come in the next few weeks. I haven't really had a time, uh, a moment to take a breath as of yet. And the trade deadline just passed yesterday. So I haven't, I still haven't been able to, uh, to have that, that time. So maybe in the next few weeks, but no, <laughs> not, not quite yet. It's been it's been uh, very busy, very hectic, but um, I think very successful as well. So we'll, I'll, I'll get my my moment and, and a little breath here in the next few weeks, but hasn't come yet. That's okay. That's fair. Right. You got a, it's a lot of work to be done. Um, you, you mentioned the trade deadline. Obviously, just coming off of that, three three big trades that were made. Um, first off, I want to ask you about the one you made before the deadline, Brandon Hagel goes to Tampa Bay along with two fourth-round picks, one this year in 2022, one in two years in 2024. In return, you get two conditional first-round picks. Next year and the following year, you get Taylor Radish and Boris Kachu, two young players who have played some NHL minutes. You kind of know what they can bring. I mean, I know you told reporters yesterday in, in your press conference, it's not like you were looking to trade Brandon Hagel and the value he brought to this team, but when you get an offer like that on the other side of it, it's something you, quite frankly, have a hard time turning down, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. It's you're never with a player like Brandon Hagel with what he brings on the ice and off. You're you're never really trying to move that kind of player. But 
when the value proposition was uh, such as it was in this case, it, it, it makes it hard not to act. And so we, we did. And, you know, with, with a mind on, on the future of the Chicago Blackhawks, it was something we couldn't necessarily pass up. And so we, we did make uh, that move and acquired some very high value uh, draft capital and, and two, you know, players that are early on in their NHL career that uh, are going to get a, a bigger role here in Chicago. And um, we look forward to, to seeing what they can do for us. When you look at the draft component of that deal, I mean, the Tampa Bay Lightning are a really good team and, and will probably continue to be a good team for a couple of years. So we're not particularly talking about a top 15, top 10 pick. I know they're top 10 protected, but what's the value in essentially taking two fourth round picks and then making those into two first round picks if you look at just your own picks themselves? I mean, the talent that is there in the late first round, regardless of where those picks lie, is still going to have a, a large impact on this organization, right? Very much so. And and the the thought process behind the the fourth versus the first, obviously, logically the first is much better but you're what you're trying to do is just increase your odds exponentially in finding uh an nhl asset and and when you're in the first round your odds are just much higher and uh no matter if it's you know right at the end or or in the middle you know you're still going to get uh access to a very good player at that point and so the fourth the fourth was was uh, necessary to get the the deal done, but what we really coveted was was the the draft the high draft position that that was afforded to us with those first round picks and and just the the ability to find talent uh, to to fill out our our depth chart and fill out our our prospect pool. It wasn't the only uh, pair of first round picks that you got on the day. Also, yesterday on trade deadline day, finally. Getting a deal done, sending Mark Andre Fleury to Minnesota, um, a place that he approved of and, and was on board with going there. I know he has a long-standing relationship with former teammate Bill Guerin, who's at the helm there. So that I'm sure that's nice for him. But you get a, a conditional first-round pick. So if if he's the starter in net, if the Wild advance past the first two rounds of the playoffs, you're going to get another first-round pick. If for whatever reason that doesn't happen, it's still a second-round pick, and I think like you just said, increasing your odds there with another higher draft pick. I mean, how how important is that uh, return? Not only giving Flurry a chance to go on and, and win another cup and be competitive, which I know he's he's said in the media in the last couple of weeks is something that's important to him, but getting a, being able to get that return that you were able to get um, for him and um, the the impact he had on this team as well before he did leave. Right, yeah. And before, before Mark left, he... he was such a, a huge uh, influence, a po- such a huge positive influence on our organization, uh, on and off the ice. He's uh, an unbelievable player, an unbelievable professional and person. And putting that within your organization is is something that that can only enrich your team. And and that's exactly what he did. Uh, in in making the the trade, we checked two boxes: one, doing right by uh, a player that's that's uh, earned, uh, you know, the the possibility of playing meaningful hockey, which, um, you know, we were not going to be in playoff contention, and and Minnesota is very much in the hunt uh, to do some damage in the playoffs, and so that was a great situation in in that respect. And then also, we were able to acquire another high value draft asset, and, and so it, it checked 
all the boxes that we were looking to uh, to to count off when looking to do a deal for uh, for for Mark. And so it it, it just made sense. It, it worked out really well, and and I think in the end uh, we did well by the player and by uh, the organization. And I know last time we talked uh, on the podcast, we were, we were discussing just the influence that Mark could have on Kevin Lankinen and, and the other, not only all the young players on the roster, but specifically Kevin Lankinen. I mean, you get to learn under a guy like Flurry for a long time. And there was a heavy stretch of the season where Flurry was starting every single game. And then Lankinen's had a little bit of unfortunate luck with, you know, injury and he was in COVID protocol for a little right. while. I mean, how important are, as we sit here today, 19 games left in the season, he is the guy in net. Uh, Derek King said, you know, today after practice, looking at the schedule, he's probably going to get a lion's share of that workload. I mean, how important is it for him to not only have that kind of learning curve uh, over the last couple months, the first part of the season, but now to be able to hit the ground running and really get a lot of action here uh, down the stretch of the run? For sure. Yeah, no, it, it's it's invaluable to work alongside someone of of uh flurry's uh experience and and work ethic and when you can see firsthand how he goes about his business that can only benefit you and i'm sure kevin has has learned a lot and and a lot of of those good habits have rubbed off and and he's learned a a good deal uh from mark uh but kevin's not alone in that there's there's a lot of players in that locker room both young and old that you know what? When you see a player um, of of Fleury's experience and pedigree putting in the work he does, uh, that can only benefit everyone that's that's there to uh, to see it. And so, you know, I, all of our players are better for having uh, Mark Andre Fleury in the locker room for as long as we did have him. Yeah, what are you looking forward to seeing out of Kevin down the run here? I mean, he's kind of been, I'm sure, itching on the on the sidelines for a little bit to see action. Yeah. He's had a game here and there, but having that regular game after game approach of being able to kind of build on a performance week after week. Yeah, it, well, it's the opportunity that every goalie wants. They want to have the net and to be the guy. No one wants to sit behind the bench and <laughs> no, wear the no. Hat. <laughs> I don't. Th- I think you want to play, right? It's it's pretty pretty obvious and. He's going to get that opportunity, and it also allows him to get into a rhythm mm-hmm. and to go, uh, you know, settle into a routine as as the starting goalie, and and just you know have some fun and 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 try and show what he's got. He you know he got some considerable playing time last season, and and you know he's going to get it again here down the stretch. So it's it's a great opportunity for him. The other uh, last move that you made, Ryan Carpenter to Calgary, a fifth round pick in in twenty twenty four, right. Um, I tell me if I'm wrong, but I think that says a little bit more about what Ryan Carpenter is worth for a team fighting for a playoff spot than than anything else. I mean, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year, but when you look at the type of player he is with his PK time, his ability to win draws, that bottom six role can really play with anyone. I mean, what playoff team wouldn't want to have a guy like Ryan Carpenter on their team, right? For sure. And it just, he's a player that just, he brings so much versatility to the, uh, the bottom six forward group for any team and and just a great professional uh a good defensive forward that that you can rely on and and that's something that any playoff team likes to have in abundance and and so it's it's a great opportunity for him to go to a really strong team hopefully make a good run and and uh play some play some really important games for for the flames here over the next couple months 
So a lot of work went into those three deals the last last few weeks. I mean, what was kind of your your reaction maybe when all was said and done, when the deadline deadline passed, when all 32 teams got out of the queue with NHL front office <laughs> trying to submit their trade proposals. I know it was hours and hours for some yep. uh, getting out there, but what was kind of your assessment of what you were able to kind of bring in at the deadline, really start to set yourself up forward for what your tenure is going to look like in the months and, and years to come? Yeah, I was I was thrilled with what we what we walked away from uh, from from the deadline with. Uh, anytime you can add the draft capital that we were at, able to add, uh, you know, it, it's it's a big win. We we've added potentially three first round picks, uh, two players that are going to play on our roster, former second round picks, uh, a fifth round pick, and th- those are our pieces that are going to be. Um, you know, very, very useful as we move forward and and, and try and rebuild our, our prospect pool, our, our roster, and, and try and get back to that level of success that we want to be at. And so um, was it easy to move out the players we did? No, it was not. But that's, that's, uh, that's life in the NHL sometimes. You have to move something of value to get something of value. And we, we really... Um, appreciated and, and valued what Mark and Brandon brought to our our team and and how hard they they worked and and how well they uh, acquitted themselves with the with the Blackhawks organization um, but you know we were as we sit here today we've we've really restocked some some quality draft capital that that we're really excited about I know yesterday you were asked about there were some other players that could pot- potentially have been moved uh, expiring deals. Uh, interest to other teams, what have you. You said, you know, we value these guys too. It's not like they're just someone on the side of the street we're looking to get rid of for no reason. I mean, there's a value for all these players being here. And and tell me if I'm wrong here too. It's like you have a guy like Calvin DeHaan in your lineup playing defense and what, I mean, he brings a whole lot to that game, blocking shots, putting his body on the line night in and night out. But there's an added benefit, right, of having still guys like Ian Mitchell, Nicholas Bodan, being able to play those meaningful minutes as well in Rockford as opposed to maybe having to fill in roster spots here. I mean, the what's happening in Rockford is just as important down the run here, if not more so than than what's happening at the NHL level, right? It, it, well, it's it's that's you're you're very right in that that there is a very significant development component here where we want to give our prospects the best opportunity to come to the NHL and stick in the NHL. And and in some cases, that means more time in Rockford, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. And Rockford's going to be playing some very meaningful games down the stretch. And, and anytime you get to play meaningful hockey at the professional level, it's a huge development uh, opportunity. And Rockford's pushing for the playoffs right now. And and if they're fortunate enough to, to get in, then that's going to be even more uh, development opportunity for the players uh, in Rockford. So uh, we, we, I didn't have any, uh, interest in, in just, you know, trading everyone away just for whatever we could get. There's a value on those players, uh, to us as well. And, and we do value them because they're, they're, they're good players, they're good people. And, and we, we want them around. And like you mentioned, it, it really affords the, uh, players in Rockford to to continue their development and, and not be, um, you know, forced into a spot that uh, 
uh, wasn't going to put them in a situation to succeed. So there's there's multiple benefits, but we're happy that uh, that we crossed the deadline with with the players we have, and and they all serve a, a very important purpose for us. Another uh, relatively new face to the team, Alex Flasic, former draft pick, a second round uh, pick in in 2019, a big, strong, defensive minded uh, defenseman. What have you seen from him in the first couple games? I know he was uh, one of those paper transactions to go down to Rockford to be eligible for the mm-hmm. playoffs. He's going to be able to benefit from that down the road. But what have you seen from him just in the first couple games and uh, since he was brought in coming in from uh, from college? Yeah, I think this is a, an amazing opportunity for Alex to get a feel of what the NHL level is like coming out of Boston University. He's, you know, he was ready to take that next step and and stepping into the, the uh NHL right away is is not easy for any player, but I, I thought he's he's done a, a really good job early on, and more than anything, he gets to see what the quality of the play is rather than just watch it from the stands. You get to live it every day, and you get to understand intimately the parts of your game that you need to grow and that you need to improve to stick at the NHL level. and And so, like you said, it was he was one of those transactions that he crossed the deadline off the NHL roster. So he's eligible to play in Rockford later this season if, if we deem that necessary. So just like the other players that are in Rockford right now, he's going to potentially have an opportunity to play meaningful games in a playoff push for Rockford. Um, we'll make that determination down the line uh, should he need to go there. But he, he's he's gaining valuable uh, experience with with the NHL team right now, and and, and he's, he's acquitted himself very well. And he's got some size. I mean, both uh, Radish and Kachu have some size to him. Is that something that you're you're really looking to kind of bring in? You know, some of those guys that are, are larger, more physical, um, still have the skill to play the game. But are you, are you kind of looking to start to bring in some of that uh, that size to the roster a little bit? Yeah, I th- it's it's not something that is. It's not a you have to be this tall to be a Chicago. No, player. not at all, not at all. It's it's not a mandatory thing by any uh, stretch of the imagination. But um, it doesn't it doesn't hurt. You know, the the NHL is is a very uh, tough league to play in. It, there's a lot of demands physically, and and being of a certain stature sometimes does help. But uh, it's it's by no means. Uh, a prerequisite or or something that I'm I'm specifically looking for that players need to be a certain size. It just it, in to some respects it just worked out that yeah. way. You know, Alex Alex is a uh, a big boy coming from college, and then Boris and and Taylor are are both really good size, and and you know it worked out that that everyone's got a little bit of uh, a little bit of a uh, physicality and, and and size to them, but it wasn't something that uh, was of particular um, uh, preference uh, or or something we specifically sought out when when bringing them in. It just kind of worked out that way. I have to ask you. I mean, it, it, both Taylor and Boris have had a couple games now. You've been able to see their impact. I mean, two tough scenarios coming right off a plane, stepping into two games in a back to back weekend, but. Um, Specifically to me, Taylor stood out, and especially in that second game, the home game, scoring a goal, had an assist, was kind of all over the ice. Boris brought a little bit, of the, a little bit of the physical play, a little bit of the kind of hard nose forecheck that you thought. I mean, you have to be re- 
be happy with some of that immediate return you can kind of see on the ice with with those two guys and not only their potential down the road too yeah absolutely i you know they 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 bring a little bit of different elements to the game uh, each of them and obviously taylor scored uh you know it was nice to see him get on the on the scoreboard and then uh Boris definitely showed up with with some some physical play and some abrasiveness, and and that's that's something that uh, you know he, he impacts the game in that way as well, which was which was good to see. So early returns have been have been really positive, and and it's it's not an easy spot to just jump into a new lineup and and try and make an impact. But both of them have managed to do that, and so I think it uh, it, it speaks to you know their character and 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 also the quality of players that they are that they can they can find that impact right away and and you know this is a great opportunity for both of them so we're really excited so trade deadline first big thing for you coming into the full-time official general manager's chair that box is checked what's next for you i know you've started to you know you've you've said you want to make some moves off the ice mm-hmm. in hockey operations just change some things structurally set up some protocols you've brought in Norm McIver as associate general manager someone I know you have a very good working relationship with from the past but what's kind of next for you is it kind of starting to build out that side of it and really start to set your eyes on what the off season what the draft what kind of those next moves are going to be and and what needs to happen to kind of get there between now and then yeah i think while we we finish out this uh this regular season uh i'm going to be really taking a look at at, uh you know the the front office and and things we need to add things we need to to build or or enhance Uh, so that'll be a major focus of the next few weeks to to months and then uh all the while preparing for the draft uh that's that's a a big one for us coming up in in july and um, you know, making some uh, little tweaks there to our to our process and under under uh, new uh, director of amateur uh, scouting Mike Donahue. So that'll be that'll be really good to uh, dig into that. And then um, you know, and then in the summer we've got we've got free agency and and on to the the twenty two twenty three season. Seems like it's right around the corner. But um, yeah, those those are some of the items that we'll be we'll be targeting uh, in in the near term here. And hopefully between now and then you can get a couple good nights sleep and be able to put the phone down for for just a little bit and and be able to kind of catch yeah, your breath, right? It's debatable. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> we'll uh, I'll try and throw the phone on the other side of the room for a couple of days coming up, but we'll uh, we'll see what life brings. You never know. It's always it's a it's a it's a busy job. It's a it's a really fortunate job, but um, it would be nice to to get a few days uh, breather coming up, but. We'll see. We'll 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 wait for the off season if we have to for that. So. The uh, the GM of the household, right? Would would be uh, open to that? <laughs> just just having a couple nights. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a she, dinner. She, I get, she can look me in the eyes rather than me <laughs> talking to me while I'm on my phone the whole time. Yeah, right. Oh, that'll be that'll be good. Uh, looking forward to uh, hopefully you getting some of those nights. Uh, it's been quick but hard work over the last couple of weeks. I know you put a lot into it. Uh, it's nice to see some of the benefits of it and look forward to it down the road. Thanks once again for uh, setting aside some time for us today and uh, look forward to, to chatting in the in the future. I know every time we've had you on the show, it's right after you've gotten a promotion. Um, <laughs> so the next time, it, it doesn't mean you're off the hook. I have to say that. But the next time, we're just going to have to accept that you're going to be in the same position, right? 
hey, I'm fine with that. I'll, st- <laughs> I'll stick in this role for as long as I can. So yeah, no, it's been, uh, it's been great and I'm always happy to come on. Awesome. Well, thanks, Kyle, and uh, enjoy the rest of the day. And we're out here in California, got some sun. Uh, hopefully, we it's can enjoy beautiful. some of it. It's beautiful. Yeah, really. It makes nice. you really want summer in Chicago, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, It's <laughs> the weather's unbelievable, and it's nice to uh, take a little walk in the sun here, too. Well, that will do it for this week's episode. A special thank you once again to Kyle for joining us. Uh, for Kyle Davidson, I'm Carter Baum. We'll see you next time on Blackhawks Insider, presented by Chevy Drive Chicago. Drive, put Kane and Taves drive.